Welcome to Penn Daily. I'm your host, Julia Van Lair. Today is November 5th, 2021. Here are your top stories for today. A sprinkler in Lauder last Friday caused 13 suites to flood, making this flood evacuation the second of its kind this month. The displaced residents will be housed in Sheraton Philadelphia University City Hotel. SEPTA and its workers have come to a compromise to avoid a strike. The workers will receive higher wages and retroactive hazard pay from the pandemic, among other benefits, though some demands were not met, such as survivor benefits for those whose family members died as frontline workers during the pandemic. Our top story for this week is Penn's threat to delay spring semester class registration for any student who has violated the university's policy regarding COVID-19 vaccinations. My guest is Jonah Charlton. Hi, Jonah. How's it going? It's going all right. How are you, Julia? I'm great. Um, so I called you in here today because I wanted to talk about your story about spring semester class registration and what vaccine records, how that has been impacting that registration. Uh, so could you just tell me about your story? Yeah, absolutely. So this story really is just about um, just over 1,000 students, 1,150 students, and that means undergraduate and graduate students who have not uploaded their vaccine information um, for the COVID-19 vaccine. So as you know, the school is mandating the COVID-19 vaccine as a part of registering for classes and being, you know, a student at Penn. So pretty simple, right? And these these 1,150 students now have been placed on advanced registration hold. So they cannot register for classes for the spring until they remedy this situation. So what's important to remember is the United, the, the United States. It's what's really important to remember is that the university is 99% vaccinated for undergraduate students. And for all students, that number sits at 96%. So it's a little bit lower for graduate students if you're, in a, if you're really going to do that math there, right? So what we need to remember is that the vast majority of students are vaccinated. The big issue here is that some students just haven't uploaded their status yet. And so what needs to happen here is this is going to catch some students' attention, and they're going to go and they're going to upload that vaccine card. And what we have seen happen, and, you know, Chief Wellness Officer Benoit Dubay has talked to me about this, and what really has happened over the course of the last week is students have been placed on this registration hold. It's a big red box on your pen and touch. It's a big deal, right? You see that, oh, my goodness, you need to go handle that situation right away. And that has happened. Some students have said, holy crap, I, I just didn't get around to that. I got to go upload my vaccine card and snap right away. It's gone. Other students are still unvaccinated, and those students are not going to be able to find loopholes to the situation, right? Of course, there are those specific situations which you can apply and you can get um, an exemption, but those exemptions are pretty few and far between. You know, those exemptions are pretty serious processes, and that's really an important thing where people have applied for those. Some have been accepted, some have been denied, and if it has been denied, you do need to go and get your vaccine at this point. So for those students who are thinking they're going to avoid this, they're not going to. They're going to have to wait until they have gotten the vaccine or have, you know, found another route to get through this um, until they can register for classes. So that's that's their next step at this point. Yeah. I, so when I read this story, I was sort of wondering how we got to this point, because I remember when I'm, you know, registering for classes and like applying mm-hmm. to Penn and all this stuff, it was all these news stories were coming out about how Penn is requiring vaccines and how that wouldn't be negotiable. And so I kind of wonder how we've gotten to spring semester without that this point, how this is the breaking point. Yeah, so that's that's an absolutely great question, a question that I face too. And so that's just something about how the university does this process. So as you'll remember, back when you were a first-year student, you were coming to Penn or you were a graduate student, it was your first year coming in, you did have to get a certain number of vaccines and you did have to upload those to Penn, right? So your MMR vaccine, you know, you had to get your chicken pox, all these different things, right? And when you put those vaccines in, you uploaded to the system and then they were in your uh, student health system. 
Now, if you didn't get those vaccines, you would go on this same registration hold, but the registration holds don't go until about the middle of the fall semester. That's just how the process works. It takes a lot of time. Some students also, for international students, they don't have access to these vaccines when they are in their home countries, so they have to come here and then get them. So it's, it's a process for those students. It's a process for students that just, you know, maybe didn't get around to it before they came to Penn. And so this is the same process that goes in effect for regular vaccine hold. So for other vaccine immunization record holds, those holds are also going in at the same time right now. So some students are on hold for other vaccines, right? Not just the COVID one. This 1,150 number is specifically for the COVID vaccine. And so that's just a normal process. This isn't anything different. It's just, you know, it's catching more attention. It's going to be a big headline. And, you know, you called me in here because it is the COVID-19 vaccine. And that's a really big deal here. That's a, It's a big part of why this campus has been able to stay open so far this year. And I mean, Dr. Dubay and Director of Campus Health, Ashley Hallbritter, um, the two of them really talk to me about this every week. And the big reason that Penn has been able to stay open this long is because we have all these factors in play, right? We're wearing masks in classroom, low transmission, right? No transmission in classrooms, actually. We're wearing our masks in classrooms. So many people are vaccinated. People are washing their hands, doing the right thing. Pen open pass. All these different things work together. And so the big factor that we just need to keep pushing forward is those last few vaccinated people. So you said that you've reported on COVID a lot. Um, yes. <laughs> so I was wondering if we could talk a little bit about like what Penn actually putting its foot down. Uh, what are the implications of that? Because we've been talking a lot about like um, whether institutions have the power to, you know, force people to get vaccinations, what they have the power to do. So do you have any thoughts on like the implications of Penn finally putting its foot down on this? Well, 100 percent. I mean, this has been something that's been talked about for a long time, right? One of the big things that Penn wanted to make sure that they did here was give time for students to apply for those exemptions, right? That's another factor. It takes time, mm -hmm. right? You apply for that exemption. It's quite a process. I've seen the form. You really have to explain what your reasoning is. And some students got those exemptions, and they 100% have to go through that process now. They don't have to get a vaccine. They have to get tested twice weekly, and they really got to keep that mask on at, at all times, right? They got to really, really remember that, and that's key. But for those students who are choosing to remain unvaccinated and do not have those exemptions, right, this is their time to act. They need to decide, do I want to be a student next semester and do I want to register for my classes or do I want to continue to do this and put the community at risk, right? I understand there's a variety of reasons for staying unvaccinated, but truly this is the time where it's all about keeping our community safe. Mm -hmm. And again, Dr. Dubay and uh, Ashley Halberd, they tell me every week, right? This is our academic mission, right? Our academic mission is to keep the university open, is to get the best education out there, and getting these vaccines is a part of it. And so that's really what it comes down to, in my opinion. It, it really comes down to let's keep carrying on the academic mission. Can you talk to me a little bit about your reporting on this issue? So, like, um, I, where was this information first? Like, where did this pitch come from? And then, yeah. like, sort of just sort of your insider look into your reporting onto this. Yeah, absolutely. So I have been reporting on COVID-19 um, since the outset. I wrote the first article the DP ever published about COVID. We, it was called On Watch. Um, the university is aware of the coronavirus crisis. So this was back in, I think it was February, January or February of 2020. Um, and yeah, I remember we, we started our reporting and I was like, I do not know what I'm talking about. What is a coronavirus? What is any of this stuff? Um, and now we're over a year and a half later. 
Um, I've been reporting on COVID the, the whole time. I've been leading kind of our COVID charge. Um, I've written well over 100 stories on COVID at this point, and I, I've loved it. And I have really been able to, you know, grow close relationships and, you know, really get to know these people that are leading the university through this time. Um, Dr. Dubé, who I've mentioned, um, Ashley Halbert, who I've mentioned, as well as Erica Gross, who's really been leading this charge and instrumental in keeping this university open and instrumental in getting testing facilities open. And I, I've really learned a lot about this process. I've learned a lot about the university at this point, and I've really seen it inside and out. I've seen the decisions. I've seen why the decisions are made. I really, I really do understand this process, and it's been an honor for me to understand it. It's been an honor for me to really learn about this process over the course of the last nearly two years now. So... Yeah, this pitch came from basically I talked to them. I've, I've been talking to them about this for a while, and we are finally able to get the go-ahead on talking about this number and, you know, really, really try to get this problem remedied. Great. Um, so you mentioned that there were sort of some updates that we've been seeing since this point. Um, do you have any more, like, information that we haven't talked about that you want to discuss about this issue? The big thing that I wanted to mention was that the court registration holds went in place earlier this week, and they caught students' attention, right? What... The 1,150 number, there was, a, there was a large hypothesis out there that that wasn't 1,150 unvaccinated students. It was students that were just non-compliant with the policy of uploading their card. Mm. So for a lot of people, it was a snap thing of, oh, my gosh, I didn't do that thing. How did I forget? And they ran, ran over to Student Health, and they said, oh, my Student Health um, Online, not Student Health's building. They ran over to Student Health Online, and they said, oh gosh, okay, let's put this in really fast. And that number has really decreased so far. So um, the updated statistic will come out next week. You'll have to keep your eyes on the DP. Um, but yeah, right now that number is already lower. So we do have good news on that front. Great. Okay, anything else we haven't talked about that you want to touch, touch on? Uh, you know, I don't think I have anything else on this topic specifically. I mean, the Red Pass issue has definitely been something that's been talked about lately and more noncompliance. I mean, again, it really does come down to doing what you need to do to be a student at this university, right? Right. Follow the regulations. The regulations are working. The, the, the percentage of students, the, per, the positivity rate at this school right now is consistently under half a percent. That, that is incredible. Compared to the surrounding areas where the percentage rate is about 4%, there is nowhere as safe as this university. Keep doing your part. Keep the university open. We'll get to keep going to classes, get to keep doing social things. I mean, we are returning to campus life amid a pandemic. It's an incredible feat. And it's something that is really we do need to sometimes take a step back and say, geez, look how far we've come. One year ago, I mean, right around this time, I was writing articles about 250 cases on campus. Right now I'm writing things about 12, 15. I mean, it's an incredible difference, and it's just great news, and it's a testament to both students, faculty, uh, staff, and, and definitely administration all doing their part to get this done. Great. Thank you so much. Of course. Thanks. That's all for this episode. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.